0: How's that? Does that work? There you go. You know, I'd like for us to declare this a safe place in these services. There are some things I believe about you. I believe you're here tonight because you love God. Just period. Now, there may be some of you who do not yet know him, but in all probability, most of us here tonight know him and we love him and we'd like to love him more. But sometimes we put ourselves in our own prison, and we make it impossible for us to respond to the invitation of God to pray. Well, this is our place this week. This mourner's bench, this altar is our place. It's always been our place. It's where we can come and bring burdens, or bring our hunger and our thirst, and uh, we're not gonna question why people do that. But this is our place, and revival begins when the people of God begin to respond to God. That's what revival is, is God's people responding in a new and um, a more definitive way as we walk with him. So I want to encourage you to be responsive. I'm not trying to coerce you or talk you into making some move. But if God speaks into your life, and you, you just have a feeling that you'd like to pray, then this is this is a safe place right here Amen. and it's a good place to come um, i've gone uh, many times as a pastor um, just sometimes i need more so i know where to get it but it helps me at times to come here and get on my knees and let the people of god pray with me about where i am so uh, it's good to have all the children here and uh I like the way they—they're loose and free, and all the rest of us are kind of bound up tight. Uh, we were in a revival in Atlanta, Georgia, old Atlanta First Church, and it's a church. Of, at that time, it was a church of about 800, and there were uh, about 30% Hispanics and 30% African Americans and 40% Anglo's. And during the song service on Friday night, we were there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, during the song service, back over here, an African-American lady, a big lady, not, a, not a necessarily a heavy lady, just a, a big lady, had kicked off her shoes, and she came twirling down this aisle. And she just walked across the front, clapping her hands and praising while we were singing. And I wanted so much to join her. And I told her after the service, I said, I really wanted to join you in your dance, but I'm, I'm just too white. I, I, I don't, I'm not loose here like she was. And we're so inhibited. We're so bound up by what we think people might think. And these children remind us that we can be free. And we can express the joy of the Lord. And there's something kind of refreshing to me about that so uh, I'm not gonna ask you to dance or anything and I'm not gonna try to dance I I may dance at home but I'm not gonna do it in public yet but when I get to heaven I'm gonna dance all over heaven (laughs) I'm gonna be free of all inhibitions and my hips are gonna be looser and I'm gonna be better coordinated so I'll be able to do a good job there so we're all gonna dance in heaven I believe with all my heart well uh, the God of immeasurably more has made a way for us to come to him. And when we accepted him as our personal savior, he came to live in our hearts and he created new appetites in us. And he's promised that whatever we hunger and thirst for, we're going to get more than we ask for. If we really want it, we're going to get our fill of it. Uh, that You know, sometimes you say, I've just had enough of this. Well, you're just going to have enough of it. When you really want it, he's going to pour it on, and it's going to create some changes in your life, in your routines, in the way you think, the things you watch, the things you read. It's going to make some changes in your life, make some changes in the way you order your home. And those changes go on and on and on. We, we don't just settle into a pattern and live in that pattern, but you find yourself moving at different times, uh, up, up the rung of the ladder a little more and drawn closer to him. So tonight I want to read again uh, that prayer in Philippians chapter 1 and talk to you a little bit here this evening about uh, uh, God and what he wants to do in our lives. Here's a prayer, and this I pray that your love may abound, Philippians 1, 9 through 11, may abound still more and more. Now your love's already abounding, I know that. And that's what the Apostle says I know that you Philippians already love God but that's not enough I'm praying that your love will abound still more and more in in real knowledge and in discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless or transparent until the day of Christ having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That your love may abound more and more. The essence of who we are in Christ is that we, we are given the capacity to love with the love of God. Amen. We are given the ability by his presence to love like First Corinthians chapter 13. Love never gives up. It always believes the best. Love always forgives. Love always includes. That's the kind of love we have. And our love is growing day by day. But this is not that uh, gooey kind of love that you you've felt when you saw the person you married or the person you hoped to marry and your knees got weak and you just kind of, oh, you know. Uh, somebody said that feeling you get when you fall in love is common sense leaving the body. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Because we do a lot of foolish things when we fall in love, don't we? We spend money we don't have. Uh, we go places that we wouldn't ordinarily go. Um, I go to antique shops now. Uh, I go to thrift shops. A house broken and uh, fully domesticated. Uh, because I'm in love. I I'm, I'm just in love. And so things that I would not do when we were younger, early in our marriage, I'd sit in the car all the time, but not anymore. i just get out and walk in there like I'm a happy person and, and go through it. I can just see more and more quickly than she, and then I go back to the car. But, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm better. Someday I won't go to the car at all, but I'm, I'm getting better. Love. Love changes us. Love transforms us. Love is not an excuse for bad behavior. And love is not an alibi for bad behavior. I hear people say all the time, "Well, I know what I did, but I know God loves me anyway. Well, try that on your spouse. You know, when you were a kid, try it on your parents. Love transforms, love changes. And, and, And when you share mutual love, That love is changing both of you and conforming you so that you live um, more happily and more pleasantly together. That's what love does to us. Love changes us. And so he's praying that the love that you have will abound still more and more in real knowledge and insight. So what he's talking about here is an educated heart. The heart is educated by the Spirit of God. He trains us. He equips us to think differently, to have different appetites, as I've already mentioned. He helps us to see more clearly. He he gives us information and knowledge through his presence and through the love that abounds within us. When you love, you're more open to receive. So when we love God, we're more open to receive what God has for us. And we accept it and we delight in it. And that love transforms us so it's an educated heart we're not uh, somebody said love is blind well that's not true love sees more clearly than anything else love love sees clearly so it's not that we don't see well it's that we're seeing more clearly and and it's an educated heart that leads to a discerning heart that your love would abound still more and more In all knowledge and wisdom so that you may approve the things that are excellent I have a I have a feeling and I've been around the church for many many years I have a feeling that we've grown so accustomed to the good we've stopped pursuing the excellent and we sometimes say well this is good enough I'm good enough or this is good enough Or, well, you know, that's not bad, so it's okay. It's good enough. But what Paul is praying for and what the Holy Spirit is speaking into his life and into our lives is we need to move beyond the good. The good is not good enough. We need to move on to what is excellent. And the educated heart makes a discerning heart so that we can decide, you know, that There's probably nothing wrong with that, but it's just not the best thing to do. It's just not the best thing to do. You know, there's probably nothing wrong with that program, but it's just not the best information for me to have in my head. This is not the best thing. I quit listening years ago to Rush Limbaugh uh, because I just didn't need all that hate in my head. I just didn't need all that violent feeling about things. I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong with anything he says, but I just didn't need it. I didn't need to have to deal with that. I don't need to have that stuff piled in my heart, my mind. So I just stopped listening to that. I I just don't need it. It doesn't seem like it's best for me. Maybe best for you, but it's not best for me. I probably told you the last time I was here, I used to watch the program MASH. One day Patty walked in and and I was watching a part of a program, and she said, you think that's funny? I said, yeah, that's really funny. That's funny. So she said, you think it's funny when people get drunk? You think it's funny when people get in bed with people they're not married to? I said, "Well, you know, you don't have to put it that way. It's just funny. So you want our kids to see you laughing at things like that? So they'll think it's funny? Well, I never watched another program never have watched mash again a lot of other programs we found they may not be necessarily bad but are they best music books we read all kinds of things we're allowing into our lives and into our homes that may not be inherently bad but are they best do they foster goodness in us do they promote well-being in our thinking? Do they help us see clearly? Do they help us make better decisions? Or do they plant seeds in our minds where we might actually make a horrible decision out there sometime? Does Does it tempt us to put ourselves in a place where we wouldn't ordinarily go? Is it the best? And the educated heart becomes the discerning heart. I think part of our struggle in the church today is that our lives are so complicated because we're trying to live really close to the edge. We don't want to fall over, but we want to get just right on the edge and say, well, this is okay. It's okay, but if you slip at all, you really fall a long ways. The safest place is to get away from the edge, to stay away from the edge. Find a safe place. Find a middle path and stay in that middle path where you're not in danger on either side that you can make your way. A discerning heart. And the love of God that's abounding still more and more equips us to make the decision to say no. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Love is exclusive. Um You know, the live oak tree doesn't lose its leaves in the fall and the leaves die and fall off. The live oak tree loses its leaves in the spring when the new sap is flowing and the energy of spring flows up and the new leaves push the old leaves off. And when you have new life flowing up from within, it isn't a matter of, Good grief, do I have to give this up too? Do I have to? It's this love just pushes it out. And you you don't miss it. You don't long for it. You don't want it. I heard a Presbyterian preacher preach that message years and years ago. Never forgotten that illustration. I didn't even know Presbyterians talked about holiness. And he preached a good second blessing holiness sermon. And I rejoiced in it. God's love, excluding everything that's unlike Him, and an educated heart, and a discerning heart, finds those things, and the love of God just pushes them out. And we don't long for them. We don't pine for them. Uh, I don't go around whining about things that I've set aside because I'm following Jesus. I found something so much better than I was finding there I don't have time to worry about what's been pushed out of my life. I'm trying to embrace something new that God's trying to pour into my life. And it makes a difference in how we see where we're going and what God's trying to do in our lives. An educated heart becomes a discerning heart. And the discerning heart leads to a transparent heart. I don't know if, if some of you I know have been to Israel and, and you've been in the old city of Jerusalem, which we were there a few years ago, and I was just surprised at how small everything is there. Um, the, the old city of Jerusalem is, uh, is not as large as the campus at Olivet Nazarene University. It's, it's just not. It's not as big as the, as the campus at Mid-American Nazarene University, and that's about 100 acres. It's just not that big. And the, the, the street, as they call it, is, if memory serves me correctly, it's not much wider than this center aisle. And then there are shops on both sides. And I tried to envision while we were there Jesus carrying the cross up through a crowd of people in that, uh, in that small space. It would have been very difficult. People would have been shoving and pushing and spitting and, and it's, because it, it's just so small. And it's dark in there. So they had a a test that they would do on linen, fine linen that they were buying, or on pottery that they were buying. Sometimes people would have a a piece of pottery and it would have a crack in it, and they'd take some uh, additional uh, pottery clay and, and smooth it over, and then they would put that up for sale as if there wasn't anything wrong. But if they took it out into the light and held it up in the sun, they couldn't see it, in the darkness of the marketplace but if they took it out or if they took a piece of fine linen up and they held it to the light they could see all the flaws if there were any there they saw them all and when the bible talks about being examined and and being held up to the light and transparency that's the kind of imagery it has that people could take our lives and hold them up to the light of god's word and they would find that there's a A beautiful blend of God working in our lives. and They would would see there were places where there were things that were wrong, but they've been perfectly healed and packed. Somebody talked about being set free from tobacco 12 years ago. Yeah, you can be held up, and people wouldn't see any evidence of that in your life because we're not only forgiven, but the blood covers all that. And we're set free from that. We don't carry that baggage around with us. We give praise for that, celebrate the goodness of God. That's the power of God at work. That's the love of God, excluding everything that's unlike Him, and releasing us so that we can live in a way that brings honor and glory to Him. The pathway to more is the love that you have for God, abounding still more and more, And that love that abounds begins to inform the mind, form our thinking, direct our reading, our viewing. Everything comes under the scrutiny of that love. And pretty soon we find ourselves setting aside. We're choosing something better. It's not that we're sacrificing for the Lord. It is no sacrifice when we do it in love. It's a joyful giving of ourselves. And the more we give of ourselves, the more room we make for him. Uh, the word that God uh, gave me for this scripture, uh, the word for Ephesians uh, chapter uh, 3, verses 20 to 21 was perception. How do you think about God and an appetite for Matthew chapter 5? And here the word God impressed on me is the word capacity. What kind of capacity do we have to receive more and more of God? Well, well, we have to create room in our lives. This is the truth all through the Old and the New Testament. Uh, The prophet Isaiah said, prepare ye the way of the Lord. You have to make a way for him. And he talked in terms of building a road. You've got to bring down the high places and bring up the low places and straighten out the crooked places and smooth out the rough places. You've got to make room for Him. And what the Apostle Paul is talking about, making room, more room for Him as our love abounds and increases. And we are more educated in what God wants us to do. And we begin to see those things that are taking place in our lives that probably could make more room for Him and they're excluded. And so our love abounds still more and more. And we love Him ever more perfectly. At every passing day. One of the things that, that troubles me uh, sometimes when, when I get in testimony services, and I've never been in one here, so I'm not talking about anybody here, but when, when I hear people testify, they always go back to the day they were saved or the day they were sanctified, and that's, that's their testimony. Something that happened a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and that's what they're still testifying about. And and I've I've been saying this, and I I mean it. This this is the best season of my life I've ever had in my walk with Christ. I'm so far beyond where I was when I was converted. I've moved so far away from that experience when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I still remember it. I still celebrate it. But my testimony is about what God is doing right now, today, in this moment, in this season of my life. That's what I'm testifying about, and that's where my joy comes is because I I can see how God has led me beyond and is teaching me more and more how to serve him and honor him that your love may abound more and more Uh, Paul Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 he said let's not be drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled be being kept filled with the Holy Spirit. I find it interesting that Paul would use intoxication as, as an illustration. I heard a, a preacher, he was, I was reading the other day, and, and he said he had a, a person that was worked in the police department. This was several years ago, and they were talking, and the, and the uh, law enforcement officer said, Preacher, what does that DD stand for after your name? He said, well, that's a doctor of divinity, and those are the degrees they, they used to give. Uh, to ministers, and he said, "Oh well," he said, "You know, we give D.D.s down at the down at the police station. It means drunk and disorderly." <laughs> and the the pastor said, "I thought about that, and I thought that's what we ought to be. We ought to be drunk and disorderly in the spirit. Praise God. We ought to be so abandoned to the Holy Spirit that we do things we wouldn't ordinarily do." We serve in ways we wouldn't ordinarily serve. We go places we wouldn't ordinarily go. We reach out to people we would ordinarily avoid, but we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're literally drunk with the Spirit of God, and we're no longer in control. We're under His control. So we do things, and and we go away, and we say, Why did I do that? What was I thinking? Over the years, Patty and I have taken people into our homes and, and looking back. I mean, strangers, uh, people from other cities. People call and say, "Could you take them in?" And, and we took them in. And I look back and I say, "Why would we?" do That was so. We had small children at home. We were crazy. Well, we were just drunk in the spirit. It's just we did things. Uh, I, you've done things. You've you've made commitments of time and money. And in 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 yourself, you wouldn't have done that. But you were drunk in the Spirit. And it wasn't reckless. It just put a little pinch on. But you did it because you're moved by the Spirit of God. Brothers and sisters, God wants to lead us into this place where our love abounds still more and more. And, and we become so attuned to him in this love relationship that we begin now to see what is the best, and we do that. Um, we just do it. We, nobody told us to do it. We just do it because we now, we now see that that's what you do when you're in love. And, and as we, we've begun to do that, we, we begin to lay aside more and more of the things that could be a hindrance or a weight. In Hebrews chapter 12, he says, lay aside everything that hinders. Not talking about sin there necessarily. He does mention sin next, but he says, lay aside everything that hinders. All the extra unnecessary weights in your life, lay them aside so you can move in the power of the Spirit and be the person God wants you to be. Uh, let me me ask you this question tonight: Are you, do you sense your love for Christ continuing to transform your life, or have you settled into a pattern that that's just been kind of routine and and it's it's almost more of a habit now than it is a choice and a it's 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 just a pattern, not a dynamic. It's just a pattern, and you get blessed every now and then, but you don't. Sense that you're really moving anywhere in this relationship? Have you settled for the good? Have you said, well, this is good enough? This is okay. Well, he's calling us to what is excellent. What is just noticeably the best thing to do? And do you? Do you have a transparency in your life? So you're not afraid of a phone call. I got a phone call one holiday weekend on my cell phone. I got a text message, rather. And it said, I know your secret. That's all it said. From a number. I didn't know what the number was. I showed it to Patty. I said, look at this. I said I wish I knew what my secret was (laughs) and the more I thought about it I thought oh my goodness you could have sent that to some people and it would have scared them beyond measure because they have secrets and it would be terrifying if those secrets came to light you know what to do with those kinds of secrets you got to get them under the blood get them under the blood so that when your life is held up to the light of God's truth they're not there they're gone. if you need to talk to God about a not a not a failed love but a love that's lost its its drive its passion it's its zeal or if you in thought you you say you know we really have kind of settled into just something that's good. It's not bad, but it's really probably not best. It's not excellent. It's just not all that we really should be in Christ. We, 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 can, we, we can and should move beyond the good to what is excellent. So that when our children look at our lives that what they hear come out of our mouth matches what they see in our daily lives they see and and so they're not confused by the dichotomy but they see a a unity in who we are and what we profess to be well if you're going to if you're going to seek the more of God you've got to begin to You've got to begin to surrender to the growing love that he has within you and let that love become the dominant power and force in your life so i want us to stand together i'm not telling you anything new tonight and and i won't be telling you anything new any night this week i'm trying to remind you of some truths in scripture as the lord's been speaking to you about some of these things we're gonna sing this little chorus, more of you. We'll sing it through maybe just twice, just a little chorus. We won't, I don't give long invitations. The Southern Baptist did a survey many years ago and they discovered that most people go to the altar on the third verse. So I just ask congregations to pretend we've already sung verses one and two. So if God's speaking to your heart tonight and you just need to spend a few minutes on your knees before the Lord, working through something, and the altar is open and this is a safe place this is our place and I want you to feel free to come nobody's going to pass judgment nobody's going to ask you anything that you don't want to share but if you need to move up so that you can have more I want to encourage you to come father in these next few moments we thank you for what you want to say and do and we open our hearts And may all of us tonight let you look within. And if we need to make more room for you, help us to rearrange the interior of our lives so that you have some elbow room and some space to expand our capacity to love you as you love us. I pray it in Jesus name. Let's sing this chorus just a chorus through twice. And if you want to pray tonight, just step Lord, right out. Lord, Lord, I need you Lord. Lord, One more time. One more time. Need you, Lord. Lord yes, the I need more than just to say, I need you more. More than words to say, I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. Amen. Would you bow your heads just a moment? I don't know most of you. But I, I wonder if there's anybody to say, Preacher, I didn't come tonight, but I, I just want you to know God's spoken to my heart. And if you just pray for this upraised hand, I'd appreciate it. Would you lift your hand and take it down? Anybody like that? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. God's spoken to me, and I need to at least honor the fact that he has spoken into my heart anyone else thank you thank you well let's come and pray with our our pastor and his wife here godly people good people let's just surround them we're gonna pray if you have to slip out some of you may have children that need to get to bed we understand that so feel free to do that but uh, let's gather in and uh, father we want to thank you tonight for a safe place to pray And good people to pray for us. We thank you for uh, our pastor and his wife. We thank you for their lives. I don't know them well, Lord, but what I sense being in their home today and the few times I've had to visit with them is here are a couple of people who genuinely love you and who are doing uh, what they know to do to follow you. And I thank you tonight that your love is abounding still more and more in them. And drawing them ever closer conforming them more perfectly to your image and likeness I Pray just now that you'd speak a word of truth That you'll help them to know where to make that room what decisions need to be made And I pray that their hearts will be filled to overflowing you promise that that we could be filled to all the fullness of Christ the fruit of righteousness that comes in its fullness through Jesus Christ so I pray tonight that you'll, you'll re-energize them, you'll renew them, you'll strengthen them, you'll refire them, and that the love they have for you will abound still more and more, and not just momentarily, but over all the days of their lives. Let your love abound still more and more. May this become just a pattern in the way we live, just making more room setting more of ourselves aside. As you point something out, we just set it aside and yield it to you and move on. I thank you for that. Open the windows of heaven tonight. Just open up the windows of heaven and let your glory settle down upon them. Fill them in a new and fresh and powerful way to be the people you want them to be so they can do the things you want them to do. And we give you praise for that we give you praise for that and I'm going to stop praying but I want them to continue to pray until they know the Lord just responded and heard them and God's faithful to do that he's faithful to do that thanks be to God can we sing that just that chorus again I need you more